Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. In this series, we are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. Hi, I'm Amy, and joining us today is Dr. Babcock, who is going to give us some insight on specialty care, diagnostics, and surgery. How are you today? Doing very well, thank you. So let's just start right at the top. What is specialized veterinary medicine, and when might it be appropriate or a necessary option for pets? So veterinary medicine has been uh, evolving uh, uh, for quite a while now, and uh, one of the areas that uh, we've been able to improve upon is by developing specialties uh, in uh, key areas that allow us to uh, give some very specialized care. So, uh, for example, that may include things like internal medicine, mm -hmm. surgery, neurology, oncology, and many others. And so uh, anytime uh, your pet needs um, some very specialized care for whatever's going on with them, uh, that may mean that your general practitioner is then going to refer to one of these specialists um, to get you the right care. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you kind of touched on this, but what specialty services or procedures are available for our companion animal animals today? Well, as veterinary medicine continues to grow, um, we continue to be able to offer more and more uh, services for our pets. So in general, a lot of the same uh, procedures and diagnostics that are available for people are also available for pets. Um, so this may include something simple like uh, urine, blood testing, and x-rays, mm -hmm. um, but could also include some advanced procedures, things like CT scans, MRIs, even laparoscopy can be performed on our pets now. Very interesting. How does then a specialty care practice work with primary care veterinarian to ensure optimal outcomes? So um, this is often a team effort um, where all parties are working together to achieve the, the best possible outcome. Okay. Um, and they're going to bring different pieces of uh, information and expertise to the table. Um, so your uh, general practitioner um, is going to know the history of the pet and uh, really how that fits into the family. And your specialist is gonna bring in a key component to really uh, dive into that specific disease process. Okay. So then do the specialty practices provide um, like general services like vaccinations and annual checkups? That's a good question. Um, the short answer is typically not. Okay. Um, there is some uh, gray area with overlap, and certainly some practices um, do a little bit of both. Okay. Um, uh, it's not always black and white, mm -hmm. um, but in general, uh, your specialty practices um, are going to offer different treatments and different types of care um, than your general practice. Is specialized veterinary care covered by pet insurance the same way that a regular veterinarian would be covered? So pet insurance can be a really helpful tool um, to help offset the cost, um, but uh, 
it does it typically mean that the pet insurance policy needs to be in place before they get sick. Right. So uh, if they are sick and then insurance policy um, is purchased, typically that means that that um, disease or illness is going to fall under a pre-existing condition and not be covered. Are there payment options available for someone who does need uh, some kind of specialty care? Um, is there something available for them? Um, there are. So oftentimes the cost can exceed what somebody can be able to afford on the spot. Okay. Um, and we don't ever want finances to limit uh, what we can uh, do for a pet. And so there are services such as care credit that can be used um, to finance that care and give people financial options so that we can provide the best outcome possible. Okay, great news. So what role does diagnostics play um, in veterinary medicine? Yeah. So uh, diagnostic serves a real uh, important part to help give us more information about uh, not only what's going on with the pet, but how right. to best tailor the treatment to that individual mm -hmm. um, so that we can be uh, as focused and aware um, of the specifics and make sure that we, we get the best possible outcome here. Excellent. You kind of touched on this earlier, but can you share with us some of the diagnostic services that are available um, in veterinary medicine today? Um, so most veterinary hospitals are going to be able to offer um, things like blood, urine testing, mm -hmm. uh, x-rays, and ultrasound. Um, but we also have some uh, additional hospitals, especially um, in this part of the country in Southern California. We're fortunate um, to have many different uh, specialties available that can provide things like CT scans, MRIs, uh, endoscopy, laparoscopic procedures, um, a lot of different types of testing and treatment that can allow us to be uh, very specific and very effective in our treatments. Okay. What can a pet owner expect to experience um, when they're taking their pet to a specialty visit? So uh, fundamentally, there's no, different, uh, no difference in seeing a specialist as there is with seeing your general practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, you're still going to get checked in. We're going to gather some vitals. We're going to go over a history, and we're going to check a physical exam. Um, it does tend to be a bit more in-depth. Okay. Um, so make sure that you budget a little bit more time Probably okay. not going to be in and out in 15 minutes. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Um, and uh, maybe a little bit more costlier than what you're used to for a general wellness visit. Okay. Um, but fundamentally, it's you know still the same. Is there any specific information um, like old medical history or records that that we as a pet owner should bring to this visit? Yeah. So ideally, you know, you have copies of. Uh, medical records, any diagnostics that was done, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you can bring in any medications that they're currently on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, as long as, you know, we have the pet and the owner, um, we can typically figure out the rest, but more information is always better. Okay, good to know. So keep your records together. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Can we talk a little bit about uh, veterinary surgery? and how traditional laser and orthopedic surgical procedures can actually help pets live better lives. Uh, absolutely. So uh, probably should clarify first, you know, we're talking about lasers. We're talking about what's called cold laser therapy. Okay. Uh, these aren't uh, hot searing lasers, and we're, we're not zapping each other like okay. a Star Trek episode here. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, this is an area of veterinary medicine that's really uh, been expanding over the last uh, 10, 20 years, and we've been able uh, to include um, some new types of treatments that really provide some optimal outcomes. Okay. So, uh, for instance, uh, take an orthopedic uh, injury, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pets can tear their uh, cruciate ligaments just like people can. Mm -hmm. And there are surgeries that can be done to correct that knee. Okay. Um, but there's also physical therapy that can be done. Mm -hmm. So things like hydrotherapy where you combine physical therapy uh, and things like underwater treadmills. Interesting. Yep. Um, you can use uh, what's called cold laser therapy uh -huh. to help stimulate those muscles and that tissue to heal. Okay. Um, we even got things uh, like hyperbaric chambers to help get oxygen into the tissue. Mm. Um, and there are treatments like acupuncture that can be helpful, mm -hmm. stem cell therapies. Um, so there's a lot of uh, additional treatments that can be done that work with surgery and work with other treatments um, to really achieve some some very positive outcomes and get that pet back to an uh, amazing quality of life. Good, that's always the goal. Absolutely. What would you say are some of the most or the more common um, veterinary surgical procedures? Um, well, certainly the most common in terms of numbers um, are gonna be ones we're all familiar with. So things like splays and neuters. Mm -hmm. um, if you own a Labrador Retriever, you're probably going to be used to things like laceration repairs or mm. uh, potentially surgeries to remove foreign bodies. As okay. They like to eat anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, some of the more common orthopedic procedures uh, would be one called a TPLO, um, which is done to uh, correct that torn uh, ligament in the knee and help stabilize the knee. Okay. We know in human medicine, when something's wrong and the doctor says you need an x-ray, we're like, okay, I'm gonna get the x-ray. But how is it different when someone brings in their pet and they say, well, you need to x-ray your beloved sure. dog? Yeah, there, there's usually two components that, that go through that reaction for most people. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is gonna be financial. Mm -hmm. um, so for uh, people, a lot of times that billing goes through insurance first, and so we don't always feel that immediate effect. Right. Um, so there's a financial component that they have to understand and sort of process through. The second one is really an understanding of what we're doing and why we're needing to do it. Okay. So those common tests, things like blood work and x-rays, help give us information about uh, what's going on internally mm -hmm. within that pet, within the dog, within the cat, so that we can better understand why they're ill and what we need to do about it. Okay, so don't be surprised when they do ask for x-rays and blood work and all of that. No, these are pretty common. and In fact, um, blood work and, and things like urinalysis um, are often included as part of a wellness visit just to check and make sure everything's doing okay. So uh, just because we're we're recommending doing some of these testing doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong. Okay. It's, it's more that, you know, we just want to check and make sure that uh, everything's functioning the way it should. And heaven forbid, if something did come back abnormal, the earlier we can identify it, the better we can do to treat that. Got it. Okay, good to know. You know, I heard that there are actually ophthalmologists <laughs> for pets. Is that true? It is true. They have eyes just like we do, uh -huh. and their eyes need care just like we do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have several uh, veterinary ophthalmologists in this area, and, and they can help us out uh, with everything um, from chronic eye issues to cataracts to even glaucoma. Wow. Yeah. 
So, Doctor, we live in an age where technology is increasing every day and things are constantly changing, especially in medicine. What's exciting and new? Yeah, there's a lot of new things out there, both in terms of our ability to diagnose um, and our ability to treat. Um, and I think as we advance, we're seeing a melding of both uh, veterinary care and human medicine together because there is a lot for us to learn back and forth in that information flow. One of the initiatives that we've seen uh, is one called One Health, um, which is essentially looking at uh, the health of both humans and pets and how those things relate to each other. Interesting. Um, for instance, one of the areas um, that, uh, at least in America, uh, human medicine has been slow to adopt would be something like stem cell therapy, um, which on the veterinary side of things, we have a bit more access and less regulation to, and it is proving to be a very promising area um, for us to be able to help heal pets, uh, especially with uh, chronic injuries mm -hmm. um, in ways that we weren't able to heal them before. And wow. so I, I find that very exciting and uh, very impressive. Yeah, absolutely exciting. So doctor, based on kind of everything that you've talked about today um, and just the way that technology is changing and the ability to do all these this diagnostic testing, um, is the life expectancy of our pets actually increasing because of it? Yeah, absolutely. Not only are we seeing improvements in lifespan, but we're seeing improvements in quality of life mm -hmm. throughout that lifespan. Uh -huh. And so our ability to uh, uh, prevent disease, our, our ability to pick it up early, our ability to treat it uh, very specifically and very effectively has all added up to a better quality and much longer lifespan. Uh, and, and certainly I'd like to think that my own dog is going to live forever. Forever and forever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may be in a bit of denial for that's that. That's okay. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the goal. All right. Excellent. That's such great news for all of us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, doctor, I'm assuming yes, but do you recommend that each pet owner does get pet insurance for their pet? And when? At what age? Speak to that. Yeah, I'm a big proponent for uh, pet insurance for, for pets, and I certainly carry a pet insurance policy on my own dog. Okay. Uh, even though she's she's currently healthy, and I'd like her to be that way indefinitely. Mm -hmm. um, I do think pet insurance plays an important um, part there. Um, it allows us to make decisions um, with less pressure on the financial aspect and mm -hmm. able to make the decisions for really what's best for the pet. Mm -hmm. um, and the best time to do that is is when they're healthy. So honestly, uh, you know, I think at that first visit, uh, even when they're a, a young puppy, uh, getting a pet insurance plan at that point is appropriate because uh, you know injury and illness can happen at any time, mm -hmm. and uh, we aren't always prepared for that. But having an insurance plan in place um, helps make those decisions that much easier. How does one find the right pet insurance for their pet? Mm, good question. Well, pet insurance um, in America uh, over the last uh, 10 years has been uh, consolidating to some degree, and so decisions have been made a little bit easier for the consumer just because there's sort of less treatment options. But um, it does mean that uh, coverages and plans are quite a bit easier to understand. So okay. uh, most of the time when we think about insurance plans, we think about reams of paperwork and mm -hmm. uh, being placed on hold for hours on a time. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, pet insurance plans are far simpler than they are for human insurance plans. Good to know. 
Um, so uh, typically, uh, you know, five, ten minutes on a company's website can give you a pretty clear idea of that breakdown and how that works. Okay. The biggest difference for pets as opposed to people is uh, most of them operate as a reimbursement, meaning um, you're still going to pay for those services mm. up front. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, and then the insurance company is going to reimburse you after the fact. Okay, so be prepared. Be prepared. And that's where services such as Care Credit come into play um, to help provide that upfront financing. And mm-hmm. so uh, oftentimes these two work together where uh, one company is providing the financing up front and then the pet insurance company is providing the reimbursement after the fact. Gotcha. Very good to know. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Babcock, for all of your information and your insight on specialty care, surgery, and diagnostics. Uh, We really appreciate your insight. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate being here. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. All information, opinions, and recommendations discussed in this episode are for your information only. We believe the information sources are generally reliable, but because of possible human or mechanical error by the sources, Synchrony or its affiliates, including CareCredit, does not provide warranty to the accuracy, quality, or completeness of the information or any results obtained from it. Any statement or opinions in this episode are the doctor's alone, and included data was current to the time of creating this episode. Please consult your own advisors before using any of this information. Pet insurance coverage offered and administered by Pets Best Insurance Services, LLC, is underwritten by American Pet Insurance Company, a New York insurance company headquartered at 6100 4th Avenue South, Suite 200, Seattle, Washington, 98108, or Independence American Insurance Company, a Delaware insurance company located at 11333 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 160, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85254. Pets Best Insurance Services, LLC, California agency number 0F37530, is a licensed insurance agency located at 10840 Ballantyne. Commons Parkway, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28277. Each insurer has sole financial responsibility for its own products. Please refer to your declarations page to determine the underwriter for your policy. Terms and conditions apply. See your policy for details.